What's going on, folks? Welcome to 34 Questions. Today, I have a very special guest, Aaron, the host of Escape from San Francisco podcast. Welcome to the show, Aaron. Thank you. Thank you for having me today. No doubt, man. No doubt. Um, you know, I can't help but admire other creators, you know, and uh, came across your stuff, decided to reach out. Yo, for everyone out there, we're total strangers. It's the first time we're ever meeting. Um, so I just want to thank you for your time. Thank you for the opportunity to get to know you. Um, yeah, from the bottom of my heart, man, I definitely appreciate it. Um, but yeah, uh, in case for the people out there who don't know how the format is of the show, we do a couple intro questions to set the tone. Um, I have a little icebreaker for the guest, and then we jump into the main meet um, where they pick a number between 1 and 34, and we kind of flow with the conversation that way, and we end it all up with some concluding questions. Sound good to you, Aaron? Sounds great. All right, man. Um, my very first question for you is, how have you been? You doing well? Um, you going through it? How, how you been, man? Actually, I've been good. I mean, over the past month and two, I, I've got my vaccination. I work at a health clinic, and so I was one of the, I was one of the lucky ones that worked in the field and got their vaccination. I kind of felt kind of like guilty because mm. I was young and healthy about getting it, and so I had some reservations about putting it out there that I did get it. But I got it too um, to show other people that it was at a time when people didn't want it. Now there's a lot of people getting it, so you don't really hear that anymore. But I got mine back in January, and there was still a lot of like negativity around it, and um, you know, people uneasy, uncertain. So there's a lot of that. So I did that, and then I also got my grandparents to get vaccinated. They're in their um, late 70s and early 80s, and so getting them vaccinated um, in my hometown, Fresno, uh, that kind of you know took a lot of like stress off of me and it allowed me to you know be more relaxed because i know they were the most vulnerable uh population and yeah. so um doing that it kind of helped me a little bit you know just be okay going into this year then i started my podcast last year started uh you know started picking up steam now and and it turned more than just a podcast i'm actually in the community helping out and, and meeting great people and organizations and last weekend we did an outreach project uh with myriad outreach project uh one of the founders mike um you can follow him on instagram a lot of paper planes he's a really great in individual very intellectual and and just um in there for the people and we just gave out 150 meals and we did them primarily in, in the tenderloin. So yeah, I feel good about that going into this week. You know, I can't complain. Weather's nice. Springtime. You have money. <laughs> but yeah, man, um, I'm glad you're doing well. Um, tell me more about your podcast, man. Escape from San Francisco. Um, first, where, how'd you get that name? <laughs> well, I, I've, I've always been interested in podcasts, uh, especially when I started college, like 2011. Um, you know, just getting into it from recommendations from friends and stuff. So, you know, the big ones, Joe Rogan podcast. <laughs> yeah. Had, obviously, that's a staple that everyone knows that one. But then over the years, I kind of lost track of podcasting and didn't really care that much. And then I started getting to other ones. It wasn't just Joe Rogan podcast. It was, it was like some that had like a certain niche, like, you know, like psychology podcast, um, story podcast. And there's just so many and it was just like intriguing and, and, and grabbing my attention. I, and I, I was still in college at the time and I just went to Cal State East Bay 2015 and um, it was helping me get through those times. You know, I was struggling. I wasn't making that much money. I was a college student. I was trying to find my own, you know, just listening, trying to, you know, trying to find the right answers. Uh, two questions I didn't even know. And then 
turn the page to 2020, you know, pandemic hits and everything. I was trying to start a podcast at that time. Uh, I had a co-host that was my roommate, pandemic hit, he ended up moving back. And so it just fell apart and I didn't end up doing it. Uh, I was was struggling for a while. I still wanted to do it. I finally left the job I was at and I had free time. And so I started planning. I was planning. I was coming up with concepts. I was coming up with names. I was like, can I do this by myself? How how am I going to format it? I didn't even know you needed gear. I didn't even know you needed software. I didn't know anything. I didn't know ins and outs about audio, video. I didn't know nothing. So I did my research. I was coming up with the name for like a month had all kinds of wacky names and so i look back over the notes i had and i realized like what was i thinking (laughs) fast forward to today i long story short i came up with the name escape from san francisco podcast not because i wanted to escape here but because i wanted to escape out of my room and Mm -hmm. so and it ties in i work at escape from new york pizza which is on h street in san francisco and so i tied the name in together and sometimes people ask me like, oh, you, did you get that name because you you hate San Francisco and you want to leave? And I'm like, no, that's, I just, it was just being ironic. It wasn't even that, like, it was not even that deep, honestly. Yeah, it was yeah. just, I just wanted to have conversations with people and I just, the name was kind of went with uh, the place I worked at at the time and that was it. That's how I got it. And now um, I'm out there doing podcasts with people and I'm meeting people in the community and then I come across individuals like you and and get invited onto a podcast, which is an honor. And now I'm doing something that I really like, and it's this is enjoyable. I, I I I don't know what I was thinking by not starting it, you know, sooner. I, sh- I wish I would have started years ago. And I was trying, but I wasn't really serious. So, no, one hundred percent, man. I um, completely relate to to that story in a sense. Um, hey, man, you're more of a pro than me. Uh, I, if you've been doing this for a year or a year or so, I only. I started um, doing it maybe like three months ago or in the beginning of January. Um, I was in a job where I had a lot of downtime where I could listen to podcasts. <laughs> and then I was like, yo, this is kind of dope. And I think, you know, I love having conversations with people and especially about like really deep stuff and not not so much surface things. Um, just because I've, I've had the small talk a lot in my life. And um, it's like it, it's not the same. Like, I don't feel like I'm getting to know people. I feel like, you know, people if we talk surface it's all like mm, you know how how can I come off in a good way to people you know and it wasn't like what I was digging so yeah uh created a podcast just the same reason you man have good conversations with people and you know there's people out there that I think like that there's people out there who who find it interesting there's, that's why podcasts are popping like crazy um yeah. but yeah man <laughs> no doubt uh we'll talk more man I, um I don't know like I, I'm just being so upfront with you, but we got to find a way to link up and collaborate and stuff. Um, I think we we both got similar interests and in what we're trying to strive for. So we'll, we'll definitely talk more about it. Um, but yeah, my uh, second question for you is, what would you like your descendants to know about you? Um, the way I frame this is that I spent a lot of my time like trying to figure out who I am. And um, there, were, there were times when I would think, I wonder what my ancestors were like. You know, I wonder if they're anything like me and, you know, what kind of guidance or, you know, just just to know something about them because we can't reach that far back into our histories. So this is a moment for you to kind of reach forward. And if there's any like descendant of yours five generations down kind of going through the same thing i want to know what my great 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 grandfather was like great 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 uncle what would you want them to know about you 
Uh, this is like one of the deepest questions someone's ever asked me. And I met, before we started this, he had asked me that and I was like trying to come up with something that was like nice, you know, something that was not like, you know, cliche. Um, don't worry, man. In, rea in reality, I really, really don't know. Not because I don't want to, you know, try or think of something um, to have a meaningful impact on generations, um, you know, in the future. It's just because I look at my own past. My grandfather uh, from my dad's side was born in Mexico, but was an orphan. And so my grand my dad never knew his grandparents. Right. And my grandfather only spoke Spanish and I don't, I'm Mexican and Mexican descent, but I don't speak Spanish. And I never had a full conversation with them. And that was kind of hard. So I really don't know the history of my family. I never really talked to my dad about it a lot. And so I don't know what my ancestors are like on my father's side. I do know more on my mother's side and they spoke English. And so I was able to get stories passed down like that. And I think about that now and, and, and realize, like, you know, you just pointed out, how could I make an impact on the, on the younger generation that I have? And I never knew that podcasting might be an option or videos might be an option. I'm starting to be, take it, take education more serious. Uh, I do get my bachelor's degree and I've been planning to go back for my grad, you know, grad degree. Doing that makes me want to leave a legacy behind that to show that where we came from didn't have to be what everyone else is doing all the time, right? I want to go on, become uh, educated, become an intellectual, make an impact in the field that I'm trying to strive and, and change. And so not only does it benefit the younger generation that comes after me, my own, you know, legacy, but it, it could make an impact on everyone else. And so... I know that kind of seems far out there, but that's what I'm kind of striving for right now. And so I think that might be it for me. It, my podcast might have a little bit to do with that. Maybe doing videos that I've done in the past might have a little bit to do with that. But in the end, I would love for them to see the impact I had uh, by being involved in the community, by helping others, by just everyone knew me as a good person. And, you know, just being being that person that that was able to solve problems and and being able to help as many people as I can. Dope, man. Dope. And listen, I just met you and I think I'm picking up on the vibe for sure. So uh, it comes out naturally. And that, that's that's a important thing for sure. Um, and yeah, don't worry about like, you know, you're coming off cliche or anything. I think through the podcast and through, through your answers, they'll, they'll kind of get to know you a little bit more. Um, just based on your perspective, you know, and that's that's why why the questions are there. Uh, but yeah, um, my third question for you is, how would you like to be honored? If I was going to honor Aaron today or tomorrow, uh, what could I do to, to honor you? Uh, the best way to honor me is, is to let everyone know the kind of person I was. You know, that's the best way I could be honored is by being a good friend, being a good boyfriend, being a good brother. Be, uh, just being a good community member. And if I could be honored that way, that's all I would like. Uh, and that's all I would need. And that's, that would make me the happiest. Dope, man. For sure. I'll, I'll keep that in mind. And I'll definitely say this one's, this one's for Aaron, for sure. <laughs> and um, my fourth question for you is, how well do you know yourself? If it's hard to put into words, you could just do a scale from one to 10. Do I know myself? Um, 
I don't think I know myself entirely well, and I don't think anyone. I when I say that, I don't think anyone does, right? We're always ever changing and growing. Or at least we hope hope we are. You know, that's part of life. You, it's uh, you know, you're adapting, you're changing, you're growing. Uh, what I liked a year ago, I might not like today. I was really into fishing in, into the pandemic, and I bought all this gear. I have my license. I, I did everything, and I haven't even went fishing in a couple months. And I'm onto new things, and uh, things changed. But as far as knowing myself. On the scale of one to ten, I would say probably like a seven. There's still three things that are left unanswered, and I think those things are very important. But I think I will learn them over time as I get older, mature, and go through life. No doubt, no doubt. I mean, you know, personally for me, I give myself a five. Um, I think I, I, I like to keep it in that that medium range because um, in my life, I feel like in my highest moments, I feel like that's when I know myself the most, but then in my lowest moments, that's when I feel like I don't know myself at all. And, uh, and like you said, that just changes throughout life, man, the ups and downs. So, you know, staying at a five gives me that space to, to learn more and not feel like, oh, I know everything about myself. Cause like you said, man, things change. Um, <laughs> and I did spend time during the pandemic as well, just like going through old hobbies and trying to figure out like what, what drew me into that, to that hobby. And like, you know, not everything stuck, but, uh, you know, doing something like this is what propelled me into making the podcast. And yeah, so now I kind of like have a better idea. Uh, at least I know that about myself. I, I know I like having good conversations with people that's, you know, deeper than the surface. Um, but yeah, no doubt. So now's the icebreaker portion. Um, it is a spelling bee. It's just one word. Uh, feel free to participate and also feel free to say no if you don't. If you don't want to do it, it's all good. Uh, I'll definitely participate, but I'm not the strongest speller. But I'll give it a try. All right, no doubt. Um, so the word is liaison, and I could give you like a definition if you need one or yeah. Oh, I know how to spell this. Oh, you do? Okay, go ahead. Yeah. Wait, <laughs> I'm too confident right now. <laughs> All right, I know it's L-A-I-S-O-N. You got uh, one? L-A-I-S-I-O-N. You got one more wait, chance. Wait. You're close. You're close. One more chance. I'm trying to think right now. I, I, I use this word all the time. You were so close, man. You were so close on that, 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 that try. Last try, last try. I'm trying to think right now. L-A-I-S-A-N. Iowan. Ooh. Easy. Oh, I put it backwards. Oh. It's um, L-I-A-I-S-O-N. Oh, I'm horrible. <laughs> don't don't even trip, man. Don't even trip. You know, only two people oh, have gotten dude. that word right. So don't feel bad. Everybody finds it tricky. I would have found it tricky. I, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I'm a, I have an issue with uh, letters. I always flip them all the time. I'm dyslexic. But in my head, it looked right. But yeah, when yeah. I'm spelling it out, I'm like, damn. I'm a horrible speller. Yeah. I knew that. Yeah, it's whatever. Yeah, man, it's, it's whatever. It's whatever, man. It was just for fun. Um, but yeah, don't worry about it. Um, and like, like I said, I would love to have you on another podcast down the road about a different topic. And you know, it doesn't even have to be about spelling or nothing. Because I do. Well, the reason why I do this is because eventually I want to have a spelling bee episode with all the guests who get the the right word. Um, so yeah, that's that's what that's why I have it in there. <laughs> But um, yeah, man, let's jump into the main meat of the interview where you choose a number. Go for it. Between 1 and 34. 
one and 34. Okay, so I'll pick 22. 22 was my uh, baseball number. That was the number I gravitated towards uh, when I played high school and I played in college. So For sure. Uh, well, before I should say that number, why, why 22? Was it, did you have a player that you looked up to or they just kind of find you? I think that was the only jersey that was available at the time. You yeah. have a couple of numbers, so I just picked it and then I just gravitated towards it. It was 22 and 5. Those are like the two numbers I went back to. Uh, five because of 25 of Barry Bonds mm. and then two had the you know two in the 25 so it's always connected somehow I hear you I hear you I mean 34 for me because I I grew up in a lot of power players I was a I was a big kid back when I was younger and you know I wanted to be like them and <laughs> I wasn't fast and they were strong and I was strong so that's how I connected to them um so 22 uh what is the greatest gift you've ever received Greatest gift I ever received. I'm trying to think back. Yeah, yeah. No, there's no rush. There's gonna oh, be like music playing in the background, so take it. Oh, okay. Yeah. Greatest gift I ever received. Oh my! I I received. This. I just talked about this with uh, my buddy. Uh, trying to think now. Greatest gift. Greatest gift. Greatest gift. Um, I was probably like six years old, and um. I got it you know, for present. So I got this gift and I opened it up and it was like a speaker, you know, computer speakers, like a box. And I'm like, oh, nice. I got computer, computer speakers. <laughs> yeah. I was just one of those, like, I was just like really gullible, like dumb, naive kids. Like, I just, I really thought I got computer speakers and I was like, oh, wow, nice. I got computer speakers. And then they're like, no, open the box. And I opened the box and it was like my first baseball glove. So I, my uh, first baseball glove I got in there. I was like five years old or, you know, something. I was that young and I, I remember pulling it out and I was like, I couldn't stop like wearing it. I couldn't stop, you know, trying to go play catch. And I always, um, you know, wanted to be like my brother who played all the sports and stuff. And so I wanted to go emulate him and, and go like throw the ball to him while he took, you know, batting practice or whatever it might have been at the time. But I remember that was like one of the most like precious gifts I got, even though it was like a little cheap, like a little rubber glove at the time. It was like still perfect. Yeah, man, that's that's a great story. Um I don't think so my folks they they basically uh I don't think they they knew me well enough to get me something that was like crazy good but they did they would fool me sometimes and like you know get me something and then have like an envelope stuck somewhere uh <laughs> but yeah there would be a, plenty of times when I'm just all like oh thanks and then you know <laughs> I found like oh shit thank you you know like <laughs> it just changed changed the tone for sure but uh yeah great story man thanks for sharing uh shoot me another number I'll go five this time. Okay, nice. What's the best performance you've ever witnessed? It could have been a concert, a play, a dance. You know, what what sticks out to, in your mind? Well, best performance ever. I was a scene kid. I'm I'm be 29 years old this year, and I was in that scene kid phase, uh, like emo rock, like that type of uh, phase when I was like, in my early teenage years, and that helped develop me a lot. Um, I was really like shy, timid back then. And I had a core group of friends that were into that, and I was I was the opposite, right? I was coming from a different, you know, kind of background as them. I would never listened to rock before. I I, I you know, started hanging out with them, and they got me into it. And so we used to we're from a small little country town. We used to go to Fresno, which is the bigger city, and we'll go watch shows there. And I remember being like 13 years old, maybe at the time, and we went to go watch a show in Fresno. 
and the band was called scaring kids scaring kids and it was like a super emo type of band and i just remember like me and my friend uh i think it was my friend julian at the time we were both like I remember we we're both like right in front and they were playing like our like the, my favorite album and i just remember just like being mem- mesmerized as a kid and i was not taking no substances you know i wasn't doing nothing crazy at the time i was just like there enjoying the moment and the, and the music and i don't think i was able ever able to replicate that later in life i've been to some great shows and stuff but nothing was ever the same as that like just for whatever reason it was only a small crowd and everything but just that time in my life it just that was like probably the greatest thing i've ever seen that's dope man um that's cool you got to go to a concert so young um I, for me I, I never even like i had one opportunity i'm 30 i'm turning 31 this year and um yeah i was uh i think i was around 13 14 but my cousins i have um yeah, all my cousins out here are, are all we women and um they they were trying to bring me to it was an in sync Britney Spears concert at oh, the nice. time. Yeah. <laughs> but I was like <laughs> But I was just like, nah man, I don't I don't wanna go. I, I kind of regret not going because you know, it's one of those times where like I think now I feel like every concert I've ever been to, I've been on some kind of like, you know, recreational thing and and um yeah, I wish that, you know, maybe my next concert I'll try to go sober just so I can get like the full grasp and the you know, the full reality of what's what's happening. But well, yeah. well, those are like legends, right? You, you probably won't ever see those two together again. Even at the time, you don't recognize like um, my girlfriend bought tickets to go to see Kanye West. And we saw him when he performed at Oracle, when he had the moving um, stage. Yeah, that was like that was another time where like the performance was like amazing because there was like a crowd on the bottom just following the stage everywhere. And wow. we were we were there um, just like certain parts and it was just like it was wild i remember just being scared for my life sometimes because it was like a huge mosh pits and i was like how is this happening at this time but uh stuff like that i guess it's like really i don't think that's ever gonna happen again yeah man i mean kanye is a crazy performer um yeah i unfortunately have never been to one of his shows but everyone who's told me that they've been to it's like you know production value is sky high like he has this vision that he wants everybody to experience and i'm like damn hopefully i can get a chance to go if he ever does it again um well on top on the top of kanye like i I don't like to speak ill about anybody really but uh i know he's such a polarizing figure i have to kind of ask you how do you what are your thoughts on his uh legacy you know I think Kanye he's a genius right he, he's a, I believe so I a, a, believe music, so. a music genius he, he produced a lot of music before he even became you know popular himself for his own music uh, he changed the, you know he changed the trajectory on what it meant to have his type of personality and also his marketing skills and his publicity and and his fame and everything and building up an empire to where he's at today his music, I really liked it. I really liked his old stuff. His old stuff I was like really into, especially when I was in high school and in getting into my adult age. Um, I do like his music still. Some of his antics, yeah, I'm, I don't really care for him as a person. I think that kind of like throws me off, like that narcissism and stuff like that. But he's diagnosed bipolar. And if you work in the mental health field, you understand working with people like that, some things are out of their control, especially when it comes to the mental health. And so I, I don't go as hard on them as other people might but 
you could like someone's music without liking their views. You could like, I believe, you could like a sports athlete without liking their views. You could like certain people, like what they produce, without actually liking them as a person because you don't know them as a person. I don't know him personally or anything like that, but I know that I wouldn't want to. If mm, it, you know, I, I wouldn't want to know him as a person. I wouldn't want to be in that situation, but he's, he's, he is what he is. He's a genius at what he does. No I think some ta- tactics are kind of like out there and outlandish and kind of crazy but he built up an empire with music and his clothing and everything and so it takes some type of genius to do that for sure i mean i agree on the genius i um i agree on like you know how he's revolutionized music as far as you know well i can't even say it's just hip-hop right because he's he's done so many experimental things that Mm -hmm. you know he's he's tapped into a bunch of other genres um i i would I wouldn't say I disagree, but I would like I would still like to meet him. I would still want to get to know him because the thing about celebrities, you know, everything is like out of context. We don't know mm-hmm. these people, right? Like they're they're still people and, and if we could get to know them, maybe we'd have a whole different view or like at least talk to them. Um but yeah, you know, for me I still got love for Kanye, no matter how crazy he can be. Um I, but like I only know what I know through through the screens and you know through media and stuff and i don't think that's the whole story that's where i'm kind of like yeah yeah people are giving him such a hard time it's because that's the only side we see of him you know um but i can definitely like i can respect the fact that he does like to have his alone time like with kanye you don't hear from him for like you know a long ass time and all of a sudden boom there's some crazy story about him doing something sometimes it's about the publicity you know sometimes it's like oh he has a project coming up so he wants his name circulating around i think he's smart enough to know that's what happens um but yeah like yeah enough kanye talk i don't want to talk too much about him uh go ahead and uh, throw me another number man so this number i will go with uh 17 17 all right this one's a little heavy and feel free to skip it if you want to but how would you define depression depression um depression is everyone goes through it whether you you realize it or not we there's seasonal depression is a real thing right when the season change becomes winter time there's not a lot of sun out there people get depressed there's not they're not doing their normal routine but depression, as like the general rule of depression, it could be, it's so broad, right? Depression could affect people in, way, in different ways. I come from the addiction and mental health field. I've been doing that for the last four years. And so I've worked with people that are very depressed. I worked with people that have uh, tried to commit suicide multiple times. I've had a 5150 people in the past. If anyone doesn't know what that is, it's where you have to call emergency services because someone is um, a danger to themselves and others. Um, I've I seen the worst of what it could be. And I've seen people on medication that are trying to get their life back, that are antidepressants. They're, they need to have them in order to have a, a normal type of life. They're not able to be normal without them. And it might be due because of their substance use. It might do because of traumatic events in their life or they just have chemical imbalances where they're more prone to depression than others. And so it's really hard to gauge what really what what depression really is to each individual because it could vary so much. Um, I see a lot on social media that people throw it out there all the time, like, oh, I'm depressed or I'm this, I'm the They may be, but I don't think they really understand what they're saying when they throw it out there like that. So that kind of like 
bothers me a little bit because depression is a heavy topic and is a heavy thing to actually have and go through. And if you know someone that's depressed, it's really hard to get them out of that state of mind. And it's not for you to get them out of there. It's for them to get help, whether it's through therapy, whether it's through medication, whether it's through um, career change, lifestyle change, whatever it might be, there's ways to get help, but it's to identify it and to address it in the, in the proper manner. Because if it goes untreated and unaddressed, it can lead to devastating effects. I, I, I could, I'm gonna share this, uh, and it's something that happened during the pandemic, which really messed up my family. Uh, my sister, her roommate, um, she committed suicide in their apartment. And my sister was one of the first ones that uh, found her. And um, I, I kept thinking like, damn my sister is gonna she's gonna be messed up from this she's gonna have a tough time with it i can just see it i just already know working with people that have been through that like i could just know and she yeah she's still she's still struggling with it and we're from a small town the firefighters on the scene i was hoping my friend that's a firefighter back home wasn't one of the firefighters that was there and he told me no i wasn't and that like made me feel relieved i'm like yeah he don't need to see this you know but that's part of his job as well and so one one impact like that affected a whole community she left behind a, a child you know a grieving family and uh, a grieving friend and so the devastation and impact that comes from this it's, it's 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 vast and if people are in need help you know try to help them in many ways you can and if you can't don't take it upon yourself that it was your fault that you couldn't get them help and that's my two cents on it dude um, I just want to say thank you for opening up and sharing that story. Um, that's fucking bananas. Uh, and yeah, it, depression like is 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 crazy, man. Like uh, for me, I think I, I like to think when I was twelve, between twelve and eighteen, man. Like I cried myself to sleep like almost every night, um, and I had my reasons why I was pretty much you know feeling that way it, I, I kind of was able to run away from it for a little while um uh, between college and up to up to recently honestly uh and yeah like that's why I've, I, I mean I, I feel so much for for your sister for her roommate um it's you know yeah it I can't even put it into words. <laughs> you see me stumbling over my words, man, because there's just so many thoughts run, that run through my head about that. I do have a soft spot for anybody that really does feel um, depressed. It because uh, it's it's so self-inflicting, you know. Like it's, it's something that like no one else is really putting upon you except for yourself. And uh, yeah, and it's cool that you're you're working in that field, man, because there's a lot of people who do need that help. Um, and yeah, when when people put it out there, like on social media and stuff, that's that's my love hate relationship with like putting stuff out there, you know. Because sometimes it's, I mean, I'm not gonna accuse anyone about anything, but you know, like sometimes it's just to to be a part of the conversation or to be a part of the the group that's hurting. And then, but like I can't imagine all the people who don't post stuff, you know, who kind of just keep it to themselves and don't reach out for help. Uh, I think that's the toughest part is that. You know, like if one of my friends was feeling like going through it and yeah, they, they didn't say anything, but like, you know, yeah, how could I, how, how could you say someone would, would be able to help more or reach out more like with you be working in the field? 
yeah that it does take you know it takes people to reach out sometimes and you might even know like when that happened no one knew they didn't even suspect that to be something that would that could even happen and so when that plays out it's like what did i miss you know what 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 could i have done different um you start to go over those questions and so they're really challenging uh things to to tackle and, and to go forward as a society we do a horrible job with mental health in this country we do a horrible job with substance use and addiction in this country we do a horrible job at, at being punitive and locking people up for for using substances whether it's re- recreational or whether it's due to addiction and so uh, if we really want to get society better we have to address those in a humane and and just way rather than a punitive and throwing people to the outskirts of society and and labeling them as whatever we do and and shaming them because that doesn't help and that doesn't fix or address the issues that we face today yeah um why why do you think we're so bad at it like why 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 do you think we haven't addressed you know mental health I feel like in, in, in like society in general, you know, like all over the world, it's something that people don't want to talk about. People don't want or like, you know, it's like, oh, you're just going through a phase or, oh, you know, like it's not that big of a deal. I feel like those are said everywhere, you know? Well, well, mental health is kind of has evolved since the early 1900s, right? Um, we're barely getting research and, and, and theories out there that are relatively new, that are done from the 1900s or early 1900s to the 50s and 60s to modern day. So we're, I think it's like new in a way where we're trying to address it and to make it more um, known and out there because a lot of people never talked about their feelings. You know, society, we always kept, we repress everything or we use substances to, to deal with what we're going through. It was never, we're seeing a new thing where people are openly talking about their issues. They're openly talking that they're going to a therapist. That was never, you hid that before, right? You never want to mention any of that because that was that was a sign of weakness or that was a sign that you're unhealthy. That's a sign that you might be crazy, whatever it might be. And so society, we are opening up a little, but it, it's a little too late for what we have. And I think as far as the substance issue goes, it, was, it became a money thing. And it became primarily a way of, of of holding a certain group of individuals uh, having a power over them. Um, and it's also with mental health, there's just no money behind helping individuals that have mental mental health disorder. It's easier to, you know, push them to the side and, and throw money on it sporadically and hope it gets better, but it doesn't. If you're in the Bay Area and you realize, or if you've ever been out in the homeless, uh, you know, areas, uh, encampments and stuff like that, and where it's, where it's a dense population, you'll see, you could tell which individuals have mental health because they'll be playing out, uh, you know, having episodes throughout the day or throughout their time when you're in that area. Uh, you can also see a lot of them have uh, addiction. You could tell that a lot of them just need help in a way that our government should be able to address it. And as far as like a worldview or worldwide, how can we have not addressed it? I don't know. I don't, I think I would need to talk to someone or have like someone that has that that background or someone more intelligent than what I can uh, explain. I just know like a little bit where I can, I can, I can see that 
that that it needs to be addressed. I, I'm coming from a criminal justice uh, major background, so I studied like the criminal system and and how we became how we became uh, the one of the most punitive countries in the world, and how we have a high population or high incarceration rate, and a vast majority of those incarcerated are from uh, nonviolent uh, drug related offenses, and we use that as a crutch rather than giving out help. I got you. I got you. Thank you for your insight, man. Um, and yeah, you'll definitely, you know, be expanding your intelligence level as you as you go on throughout your life. I'm sure you'll you'll learn more and you know experience more. Um, for for me, it's it's all about talking to people who have that experience. Sometimes that's how I kind of gather my information and knowledge. Um, but yeah, thank you for that. Um, go ahead and pick another number. Hopefully, we get something a little bit lighter. <laughs> Okay, so I picked 17. That's my girlfriend's birthday. And so that's always a good number. Um, try to pick another one. Um, I'll go with uh, one. One. Um, what is something in your life that you've taken control of? You know, there's a lot of things out of our control. But what's something for you that you feel like you've, you've kind of got it and you're trying to hold on to it, you know? Um, I think... That is controlling my ability to talk to people, controlling my ability to have a presence and being able to communicate and not be scared of, of, of community, of public speaking. I think I've got control of that for the most part. Um, I haven't spoke to hundreds of people or even anything nowhere near that size, but I was like everyone public speaking is the most People are scared of that more than they are of dying. They fear public speaking more than they fear death. And I, I understand it's terrifying. It's terrifying. No one wants to do it. And taking a community, uh, like a small communications class, helped me out tremendously. I'm able to communicate my words, my thoughts, in a, in a way where people can understand what I'm trying to, well, I'm, my point in trying to get across. But it also gives you confidence when you're able to have the ability to communicate and speak. I, you don't you don't have um, some of those issues that you have when you're younger or whether you deal before you are able to communicate. And for me, it was in, insecurity. It was negativity. It was a lot of issues. And I was like shy and timid because of that. But I always had an outgoing personality. I was always the one that make jokes and have a good time around my friends and family. But other people I didn't know, I'll, I'll just be quiet. You know, I wouldn't. I wouldn't talk. I wouldn't put myself out there like that. Now I'm just trying to open up a little bit, and I think I have control over being able to have that ability to do so. No doubt, no doubt. Um, do you have any tips for anybody who might be struggling with public speaking? If you're college age, or even if you're not, and you need really help to speak in public, try to take a course on. Try to take a communications course. You need practice. You have to practice in order to speak in front of others, especially if you need to do it for your job. Um, that would be one of my first tips. Hey, check with your local junior college or their Skillshare, which is a platform where people teach you how to do certain things, or online. There's so much free med uh, free education out there that you can find to work on on how to communicate. Uh, you know, to to communicate in front of others. If you're just trying to communicate one-on-one, -on -one, that's easy. Go to YouTube and try to look up or Google search 
how to communicate with others, how to do interview setting, how do you talk, how do you have presence, how do you, um, you know, body language, eye contact, all that stuff. That's something you can find. But if you have fear, if your fear of speaking in front of others, I strongly suggest taking a course uh, at your, your local um, community college because that takes practice. And that took me years to develop being able to do that because now I do that for work and do that in other settings and being able to talk in front of other people. I feel comfortable doing that more so than I ever done before. Um, I don't know why, but something clicked and that helped me out a lot. Just repetition, 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 and learning how to um, understand what you're trying to say before you say it and not to feel the nervous part about it, right? Not to let fear overcome what you're trying to do, but to be prepared. And for when I do things, I am prepared. I like if I'm speaking in front of a group of people, I want to make sure I have points across, whether I carry a little cue card with me and I have like five points. I don't have the detailed pages. I'm not going to be reading off like a little summary to them. I'm, I'm going to have detailed points of what I'm going to do. And it just sparks like in my head, have ideas, and I just go with it from there. For sure. My little yeah yeah we, i mean practice 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 man and if uh if a class is going to help you practice sign up for a class or you know any any kind of information that's out there you ever like i know for me when i used to public speak or i guess technically we are public speaking <laughs> on this podcast but um you ever get that like that shake in your vocal cords i know for me i used to get that like crazy anytime i stood in front of a crowd um but then yeah uh, go ahead <laughs> i used to yeah but if i'm prepared no when i'm stammering and stuff like that that's because i'm thinking of things and i could do i'm good at doing things on the fly especially public speaking i only get like that when i'm when i'm talking about something that i become i'm a very emotional person so i get emotional real quick if i'm talking about something and it's very impactful i get that in my voice but as far as being scared and nervous i don't really get that anymore i don't really get that feeling and it's Maybe I'm overconfident or I just uh, I just put myself in that position where I'm not trying to um, I'm not trying to do more than what I could do. So I work with what I have and making sure I know something. If I don't know anything about the topic I'm trying to talk about, yes, it would be daunting and I probably would do that a lot. But if I just know a little bit, I could go with that in different ways. For sure. For sure. Um... Just a heads up, man. We got about 10, 15 minutes left in the podcast. Uh, I think we could knock out a couple more questions. So throw me another number. Okay. Um, I, I do want to end on 34. So before we get to the, the last question, I want to make sure we end on that one. 34 gotcha. is a really good number. That's a family uh, That's a family number for, for me. My uncle oh, was 34. Um, that was his uh, number playing football. And that was the number his um, kids took a bathroom so that's something that i associate with my family so oh. next one, i use one five twenty two seventeen um let me go with the even number i don't think i have used the even number yet so <laughs> let's, uh let's go with uh let's go with eight eight what do you think society should prioritize to fix in the world we just talked about it. I think they need to prioritize mental health and substance abuse, especially in, in the world. Like I feel a lot of uh, issues need to be around that or not a lot of issues haven't been addressed that around that, that are focused primarily on that, the unhoused community, 
um, in this country and around the world. It, it's devastating. Um, and this is more geared towards um, first world countries because I know third world countries have a little bit set of like different economics and, and, and things going on. So I don't really know too much about that type of setting. So I can't really you know, go on about that, but I'm only uh, talking about like major countries that do have the resources and the ability to actually make that change now. And it's not a pipe dream. It's not a pie in the sky. This is something that we actually could change and, and do if we put the resources resources towards that. And we have plenty of resources to, to make it happen, but our government is not set on enacting those changes because um, it gets, you know, propaganda gets in the way and, and everyone, people get put on the back burner until it becomes an issue in their own backyard. Substance issues been the issue since the 80s and 70s, since the 80s with the crack epidemic. But it's only become an issue because it's hit rural white America, and now substance abuse is the issue. Now, Dave Chappelle put it best in one of his uh, comedy specials uh, of how like he addressed that eloquently. And it's no knock on people. I'm not trying to bring people down or anything like that. But now the now the the United States has seen this as an issue. Now they see it as an epidemic. When this has been an epidemic since the 80s and we just never really addressed it we only addressed it by incarcerating people and putting them behind bars rather than actually opening up facilities rehabs treatment centers outpatient inpatient um, having a, a network a team around it if you're having a, a, a complex where you're going to fill it up with unhoused people that have mental health substance abuse issues make sure you put social workers in there make sure you put therapists make sure you have a clinic associated with it because if you just put those people in an area and you leave them untre untreated that problem is only going to just go inside and it's going to fester and it's going to even it's going to turn the area even worse and so that's that's i think the biggest issue we face or that's those are the biggest issues i think that could be addressed i feel it man i feel it and yeah i mean don't feel bad about like you know there's no wrong or right answer it's whatever like you you know through your experience that you feel like you know needs to be addressed and uh thank you for your answer um i i'll i'm gonna just jump to 34 because i just realized i had a couple more questions in the concluding uh, portion but uh so right. 34 it's a fill in the blank but uh life is all about blank hmm Think life is all about making memories good the bad the ugly the beautiful the making memories that are whatever whatever they are to to you i would people always say life is about happiness but happiness doesn't necessarily have, you don't have to be happy all the time to live life no one ever lives happy 24 hours a day happiness comes and goes but having memories that stick with you i have some really horrible memories that I look back on, that I'm fond of, that I went through those challenges in order to get me to who I am today. And then I have some really amazing memories that I look back on that make life what it is. And I think that's what it's about. Just life is making memories. And how do you make those memories last? And how do you make those memories better? It's, you know, they, they shape you. Mem those memories do shape the way you live your life. And I think we all live life differently and we, we're ever changing. I'm about to be, like I said, I'm about to be 29. I hope. I don't think I'm the same person I was 10 years ago. I definitely not maturity-wise. I think I'm more mature. I think I have a, a better perspective on, on real life um, issues that we face today. 
and I have different goals. I have different aspirations. I have different qualities about me now. But in the end, I'm still that same kid that I was 10 years ago. I'm just hope I'm a better version of that person today. I hope. <laughs> no, man, I, I, uh, I definitely, definitely feel you. Um, when I was probably coming out of high school, 18, 19, I was trying to be a rapper. You know, that was like the goal for me. And that was my dream. Um, and uh, I was on that path for a little bit. But like what you mentioned about podcasting in the beginning about how, you know, you were interested but not taking it seriously. That's how I kind of was with uh, with my 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 rap dreams. Um, but yeah. And, you know, like like you said, you know, just those those memories have kind of propelled me, you know, to because, you know, I I basically was able to practice my public speaking. I was able to, you know, get into the mode of like connecting with people or like reaching out um, all because of, you know, trying to be a rapper, even though I'm not a rapper now. Well, a lot of people say, hate it when I say that because I still like to do it, but just not a, not a officially. But uh, yeah, it's uh, those those things that who we are, who we were is still who we are. Just like you said, hopefully we're just better versions of ourselves. Um, and I truly believe that, man. No doubt. Uh, all right. So we've reached the concluding part of the, the podcast. Um, and this question is actually from my previous guest. I was trying to figure out a way where I can kind of connect my guests together in, in a really small way. But um, I asked them what would they like the next guest to answer. So it's going to be a question from uh, Dandy Eats. Shout out, Dandy. Um, and she would like to know, What's one thing you wish you did during quarantine? I know you did a lot of stuff, but now it's kind of like, you know, getting back to a little bit of reality. Um, what's something that you wish you could have put more time into or done something different or during this time? I wish I would have got started on podcasting, video, video editing, and making content earlier. I didn't start podcasting until October of last year. That's when I did my first one. Um... That's when I finally decided to go for it, the end of October, early November, and so um, it has been a, hasn't been a year yet. It's been it's been a little bit of time, but it hasn't been a whole year. I wish I would have started when I had the opportunity, because looking back at the at the pandemic, it just put a lot of things in perspective. I felt living in the city for a couple of years, everything was going so fast, and I just couldn't slow it down. Now life slowed down, and it was like, what's actually important to you? I also wish I would have traveled more before. And I took that for granted. And so that's something that I wish I don't ever want to not do in the future. I want to make sure I do my job and I go and I travel and I live my life. And also, I wish I would have read more during the pandemic. I wish I would have been able to read and, and grow and, and have different thoughts and stuff like that. Kind of feel like I wasted it on things like sleeping. <laughs> I feel like I slept so much. I feel like I just hibernated, basically. No, I feel you, man. Um, same here. Same same thing. Like I, I said, I started this in January already when I had a job and um, uh, a new job after the pandemic. And yeah, it, it sucks to feel like we were so spoiled with so much time. And uh, but, you know, I think the things that we did has brought us to this moment where we're doing more positive things. But, ooh, I wish I had like, you know, done this in the beginning where I could like schedule eight interviews in a day and, you know, <laughs> do those kind of things. Uh, that would have been pretty yeah. dope. But now it, it, uh, 
it definitely makes me um, value my time more as far as you know what I want to fill my life uh, with you know so I work I do this podcast I sleep that's 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 my rotation now but I wouldn't have it any other way and I'm glad I realized it um, and you know up to this point for sure uh, so my next question for you is what would you like to ask the next guest my question would be what are you doing to make an impact in someone else's life that you don't know <laughs> alright <laughs> let me I'm typing it out right now what are you doing to make an impact in someone's life that you don't know someone's life you don't know I dig that man I'm surprised I haven't came up with that question myself, but, <laughs> but I appreciate it's not it. It's not an original one, but it's something that, that stuck with me. No doubt. No doubt. Um, and then my last question for you is, what is the greatest lesson you've learned thus far? That I don't know nothing. And I don't know whose quote is that. Is that Socrates or someone says, what I know is I know nothing. And I truly, I think that so much... I don't know shit. Like, I, I wish... Oh, my bad. I'm sorry. No, no. I, uh, Go ahead. I, I, I don't know nothing. Like, I, I wish I knew a lot more. I wish I was better prepared at school than I was. I wish I got better grades. I wish I was able to read more books at an earlier age rather than, you know, messing around and, and doing... I don't even remember what I was doing. Like, I, I wish I would have been able to work on things. I know we all look back and, you know, hindsight is twenty twenty all the time, but... Um, I realize I don't know nothing and that keeps me humble. It like tries to keep me from being my like narcissistic tendencies of like thinking, you know, everything and being overconfident in things and just taking a step back. Every time I get too high of myself, I take a step back and realize, you know, you, you still got a lot to learn. You still got a lot to experience. And in order to help other people, you got to get better. And so that's what I'm taking from that. Dude, I'm with you. 100%, 200%, we don't know shit. You know, even when we think we don't know something, that is not what it is, you know? Um, and it's all, sometimes it's all ego. Uh, and we kind of need it. It's that balance, the balance of feeling confident, but also knowing that it's that's not everything, you know? Um, and hopefully we can keep that balance. That's I think that's the key. Uh, but yeah, man, I just want to thank you again for your uh, for your time and the opportunity to, great to, to get to know you. And, yo, man, I had a lot of fun. I thought it was a great conversation. I hope you had a lot of fun, too. Um, I, I did. I appreciate you, you know, having me on. This is actually the first podcast I was on someone else's. Dude. I'm usually the one doing them, and this is my first time actually doing it on someone else. And it was a, it was a really cool experience. Yeah, man, you gotta let, you know, I'm, I'm sure, you're, I, I'll be honest, I haven't checked out all your stuff. I've just checked your clips and stuff that you posted on, on your IG. Um, but I think people, I mean, it is valuable to get, for people to get to know you too, man. So I'm glad you came onto this space to have that as the first opportunity. I appreciate it. Um, and tell the people where to find you. How can they come and support uh, what you're doing? You can find me on Instagram, uh, escape from San Francisco underscore podcast. Um, you can find me on YouTube, Escape from San Francisco podcast. Uh, you can find me on Facebook as well. I haven't really updated Facebook as much, but I try to make a page and there's so much things going on. But also I'm, I'm in the community. I'm out here. I'm in San Francisco. I'm, I'm trying to help out with different organizations. If you're involved and it's a small you know, community out here, San Francisco is not a big place or the Bay Area. We kind of all know each other. 
um, if you see me, say hi. If, if you want me to help out or with your organization, message me on Instagram. If you want to come on the podcast, let me know. I love having conversation as well. I love connecting with people and that's how we get better. No doubt. No doubt. Um, thank you folks at home, at work, at, in the car, whatever you're doing, ch- checking out the podcast. Much love to you too as well um and yeah man you know i haven't really figured out a a good way to close out my podcast i've been trying to figure it out but um 